and welcome to the quarter three movie podcast of Whiplash. My name is Christian Morosky. Uh, Christian Morosky is my name, and I am joined here as I am joined here every here by Kelly Wan. Kelly Wan. Uh, Do you have a tagline for the Whiplash movie that we saw this week? Juan, you in the front seat because you're stoned? Wait, this is a seat? Yeah, that's why. <laughs> you know what, though? While I was listening to that song, I was thinking about whips and um, how it seems like they're more like a whip is more work to use than just slave labor. Like, I'd rather cut the rock than have to use the whip. You'd rather cut the rock? Or, which, yeah, I'd rather wait. hammer it, sledge rocks. <laughs> when you said cut the rock and then hammer it, all I could think of was huh? Dwayne Johnson and what, what that implies. That you're cut, cutting the rock and hammering it. He's not in prison. He didn't make a prison movie. Well, the two of you are now, you're, you're now doing a hard time with the rock, Kelly Wand. He's not in the A-team, right? Well, he wasn't before. (laughs) Now everybody is. Kelly, would you repeat your tagline for me? Because I've totally lost the thread now that I'm thinking of Dwayne Johnson and you working on the chain gang together. Honestly. Juan, you in the front seat because you're stoned? Wait, this is a seat? Yep, that's why. That's (laughs) That's your tagline for Whiplash? Yeah. They're all stupid. <laughs> I just, I'm just, uh, I, I'm really looking forward to your opsis in a few minutes because I'm not sure you saw the same movie I saw. Wait, which one did I saw? The one about the guy. Yeah, I know. You saw the one about the guy, and you don't you're... remember that line. You no, think I that's don't. He goes, okay. The real line is, he goes, oh, you're in the front seat because you're cute, and then she plays a couple notes, and he's all, yep. Ah, all right. It's not the front seat. I changed seat. cute to stem. That's not how it works in a band. It's not the front seat. Well, tell him that. I'm quoting him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, what, he, what are you saying he said? Not front seat? <laughs> are you in the front seat? That's what I was saying he says. I know, really... I know that's what you're saying, but it's first chair. Oh. Oh, that's the but. But it, I What's love that your interpretation is that it, that she's in the front seat, as if the the entire band is is made up of a bunch of drivers. Wait, chair and seats are different. No, seat. not when it comes to uh, air. Not when it comes to airbags, certainly. First but, chair, you got first chair mixed up with first seat. Whatever. No, I, I love I love <laughs> that you think that she was in the front seat because she's cute. That's fine. No, he says that. Wait, I, I believe you, I, and I will go back and watch the movie again. Now that now that you said that, any part of what I said, like even if I got first chair right, you would have gone. Right. No, no, no. I, now I remember what what uh, what you're talking about. Now it's I just my bad. At, like I can't do sentence very well. No, and it's no, it's it's very possible that you're right because he goes into that other. Uh, the other band room because I'm I'm sort of keying on some other things. But anyway, uh, before we get too much into Whiplash, 
because we're not we're not into spoiler territory yet. Um, <laughs> Kelly Wan has given us a tagline of "If you're in the front seat because you're cute." Uh, Kelly Wan, do you have another IMDb opsis as well to share with us? Something that is one of those awesome IMDb synopses that we can read and love so much. Yeah, I got one. All it's right. From, I haven't seen either, so, but I think you've seen it. Oh wait, so it's from something you haven't seen. Yeah. Oh, this is awesome. All right. So what we often so you do... have to explain to me what I'm reading because I don't is... know what it is. All right, good. So, so Kelly Wand will read for us one of those beautiful little IMDb synopses. It's and, like a contest, but no one wins, and there's right, no point. Right. But I, I will try to guess it. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm still, of course, riding high on Solar Babies and Cat Burglar. Yeah. So, so I will be happy to hear you read this, and I'll be doubly happy. I think this might be the first time uh, that you haven't that you've read one that you haven't seen. I didn't see Jason 10, but I also didn't read the op- the IMDb thing from it. All right. So that, that one's a wash. <laughs> yes, but, but now I feel like I was dumb before because I fucked up. If I change stoned and C from cute and chair, that's a lot for your – that is kind of a hot sucker for so uh, I could be totally wrong about that. I could have I could have misheard that. So uh, I'm willing to admit that the tagline could be a total – on point quote, and brilliant, I heard it wrong. brilliant. Uh, but I'm right. very excited. stupid or great. <laughs> Please settle that. <laughs> I'm I'm very excited. Steve just could be right. No one. Wait, wait, what made you even choose this? No, no. Actually, uh, don't answer that. Just oh, go so ahead, and read the IPopsis, then I will ask you my question a- afterward if I can even guess it. So go ahead. What is today's? That's an interesting question. Why some somebody picked something? Oh, I love it. I love that stuff. There's never a good answer. There's never a good answer. There's always a good answer. Are you kidding? I don't answer to the one you just asked. There's my proof. My <laughs> why? Why is a delightful answer? All right. So anyway, what is what is this week's IMDb opsis? Okay. Stop me if you think you know it. <laughs> That's just for the listeners, not you, Dingus. You have to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> okay. Good. Against the backdrop. Of aged, <laughs> it's, that is a great beginning. I think I'm just a bad reader. <laughs> no, you're not. Stop saying okay, that. Okay, okay. Against the backdrop of aged has been rock star Billy Max Christmas themed comeback cover of Love Is All Around, which he knows is crap and makes no bones about it much to his manager Joe Chagrin as he promotes the record. Comma. There's plenty more sentence where that came from. Keep going. Let's do this. Several interrelated stories about romantic love and the obstacles to happiness through love for Londoners are presented in the five weeks preceding Christmas. (laughs) Where to begin? Daniel's wife has just passed away, leaving him to take care of his adolescent stepson, Sam, by himself. That's one fifteenth of the movie. Daniel was uncertain how to deal with Sam and his problems without his wife present, especially in light of a potential budding romance within their household. Juliet and Peter have just gotten married. They believe that Peter's best friend and best man, Mark, hates Juliet, but won't say so to his or her face. <laughs> 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 oh, 
won't say so to his or her face? Really? That like, never matters. You're like, wait. <sighs> this part. Others looking at the situation from the outside believe Mark is jealous of Julia as he is in love with Peter himself. You haven't stopped me yet. So either it's uh, no, you to told me I wasn't allowed to stop you. That every that the li- only the listeners were allowed to stop you. Ah, uh, that was JK. Do you know oh. what movies? Can it, it, it does the does the song go? I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. Okay, remember I haven't seen the movie, so oh. I haven't answered the question. Right. But probably. does does Bill Nye sing it? Oh, it's got to be. Is it Love Actually? Come on. Yeah. Of course. All right. <laughs> Does someone Tom, say it? Tom, Tom actually, Tom actually chose that song for one of our, uh, for one of the opening songs for one of our movie podcasts. I've seen it. I feel it in my fingers. Wait, is it good? I get love, it mixed up. Is, is love actually good? Yeah, I get it. Any, if it has love in the title, my eyes. Just no, no, stop. it's it's terrible. But I, but I, I, I absolutely love the movie. But it's a, it's a terrible movie. Um. But but what what brings it to mind is that um, you said uh, that about Dark Star. No, I, I think Dark Star is, is actually a really good document of a certain time of movie making. Love actually is is uh, <laughs> is a is sort of a progenitor of all sorts of uh, romantic comedies. Um, uh, I I loved it just because of of how I felt when I saw it. It's not a very good movie. Um, but what, what made me think of what, what brings it to mind is that that I was already thinking about another Kira Knightley because uh, Kira Knightley's in this movie, of course. Um, I like her for some reason. Well, she's in an excellent movie that came out this year called uh, Begin Again, um, which is a which is made by the people who made the movie once, and she's fantastic in it, uh, and it's an excellent movie about making music, and. Uh, Love Actually is a, is a terrible movie about somebody who accidentally makes music, basically. Um, the adverb is not your friend. <laughs> it is not, no. But does um, someone see that in the movie? Does, like in response to something? Does someone go, You're, are you in something? I have no idea. Love Actually, as a matter of fact. I have not seen it since the first time I saw it, and I don't think I could handle watching it again. But I just remember being in love with it at the time. But I do not pretend to think that it is a good movie. It's just a movie I loved. Like Hudson Hawk. Like, you don't think Hudson Hawk's. No, I think Hudson Hawk is legitimately a really good movie, and nobody else knows that. <laughs> I think okay. I think Hudson Hawk is a is a great movie, a great musical, a great caper movie, and in a totally subversive, weird heist, uh, crazy oddball comedy that everybody dismissed, um, and nobody will give a chance to. I think Hudson Hawk is legitimately a good weird movie. I, I think Lo- Love Actually is probably if I were to watch Love Actually again, it would probably I would probably find it insufferable. Um, Hudson Hawk, I would not say that about. I think Hudson. You'd ever find it insufferable? Uh, no, I have watched Hudson Hawk more times than I can count. I love watching that movie. I haven't seen it in forever. Love Actually, I've watched once. I loved it when I saw it, and I have not gone back because it's one of those things where, you know, there there are certain things that you watch and you're like, boy, I love that. I'll never go back to that again. And yeah, like do United it again. 93. So it's your United 93. No, United 93 is brilliant for other reasons. What do you, what? 
Just no. like it's really great, but you never want to see it again. Well, United ninety three, you don't you don't go to see again because it's painful in right. in other ways because it's it's painful emotionally as in a different way. It's 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 a painful experience. Um, so love actually, love, love actually. <laughs> I don't want to see because, because I'm mind. certain that it would be bad. I know I know if I went to see United ninety three again uh, that I would. I would evaluate it in just the same way. It's a brilliantly made movie. I don't know that I can say that about Love Actually. I just responded to it emotionally that first time I saw it because of where I was at the time. But going back to it again, I'm sure I would think, oh, my God, really, Christian? That, you liked that? You idiot? Uh, I would never think that about United 93, nor about Hudson Hawk, which I think is brilliant in its own right. It's funny. Uh, I can watch it again and again, um, and I think it's underappreciated because of certain political reasons. Not political in the way United ninety three might be accepted, but because you know Bruce Willis was everybody thought Bruce Willis was making a vanity project. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, Love Actually is probably a terrible movie, but I'm not going to watch that again. Most but, movies with the word "love" in the title are musicals, so that's why I didn't see it. <laughs> All right. I'm referring to Hudson Hawk, by the way. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It doesn't really fit my guideline, but... All right, what were you saying? Uh, what so, I was going to say is that we should probably get back on track to what we're actually talking about this week. Down with Love. No, we are not talking about Down with Love. Actually. Uh, okay. Uh, actually, and we're, st- we're not in spoiler territory yet. I want to make that clear. Um, but this week we did see... Uh, Another movie that has something to do with music, something or other to do with music, and that movie that we saw this week is Whiplash, a 2014 American drama movie about finding the next Buddy Rich or Gene Krupa or Stuart Copeland. I don't know. It was uh, directed and written by Damien Chazelle and stars J.K. Simmons, Miles Teller. Melissa Benoist and Paul Reiser. Whiplash is rated R for strong language. That's bullshit. Including some sexual references, Kelly Wand. You don't think this is an R-rated movie? No, I don't. All right. Why would it be? For language? Language is never a valid reason. I I tell you what, alternate, why don't you clean the blood off my drums and you can tell me why. Oh, what? Come on. Kids. Look, look, there's a... uh, We we will get into that when we get into spoiler territory. I will tell you exactly why. And I I want to talk to you about this sort of aspect of the movie. But I'll tell you exactly why it's rated R for strong language. Uh, But let's not get into that yet. Let's first... Let's talk about the numbers as uh, were presented <laughs> to us from our quarter to three accounting department. How many blood droplets fell? Let's 15. talk. Damn it. But they, they, but they fell in triplets. So you, you do the, the math. The natural blood has blood in a baseball <laughs> movie. Uh, Whiplash on Rotten Tomatoes, which is the percentage of reviews that are positive. Whiplash is 96% Ugh. on Rotten Tomatoes. Always a six. You know what's weird? Top Upside critics. Down, it's the same. Top but. critics, ninety-six percent. You know what's also weird? Audience, ninety-six percent. No way. This is a ninety-six nope. percent across the board. I don't know when that has happened. Oh, what? 
but this this is a solidly 96% movie. Now, Metacritic, which is the ratings <laughs> from various reviews, solid, uh, sort of the average of various reviews, is 87. Hmm. Hmm. Um, as far as box office, uh, forget it. I'm not going to mention uh, – I couldn't care less who made box office this week. We, we didn't see the movies that were going to be opening this week, and I couldn't – I couldn't be less interested in telling you who the top five movies of the week were. All, all I can tell you is that uh, Whiplash is doing just fine. Uh, Whiplash isn't the kind of movie you're going to, to – I'm going to tell you where where it falls. If you want to go, you can go to Box Office Mojo to find that out. Uh, Whiplash is doing just fine. It's made almost $400,000, and that's really good for the kind of movie it is. Um, uh, so who cares what what made the most money this week? Uh, Whiplash is is doing just fine. It's doing fine enough to be rolled out and continue to be in theaters, um, so that weeks after it comes out, uh, Kelly and I could go see it uh, a couple weeks later. Um, and I hope. I remember. What'd you say? Well, guy told me he went to see Fury the week we did the Fury podcast, and he couldn't get in, so they he and his wife saw Whiplash, and then he was like the first person to go, "Yeah, you should see that." Like, so it was oh. long, like whenever we did the Fury podcast, that's how long Whiplash has been out. Yeah, yeah, and and that's that's how successful. brilliant I think. Yeah, that's that's great. I'm so glad you said that because they've they've rolled out Whiplash Whiplash very carefully, and I'm. Very surprised that you know somebody who saw it that when we did Fury, which was a long time ago. Yeah, like the least crunchy person, too. Like someone where I go, wait, he liked Whiplash? Oh, that's Tell awesome. Someone like me, like I don't really, I'm not really a music guy. I'm kind of like the girlfriend. Oh, man. Well, I'm very pleased. I'm very pleased that, that you had a friend who said that. Why didn't you tell me that at that time? Why did I have to convince you last week to come? Because you were all chef. Blah bitty blah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fair enough. There's no getting through to you sometimes. <laughs> All right, we we are about to move into spoiler territory now that we've covered the numbers. Um, yes. So Kelly is, Kelly Wand is going to tell us all about this movie. The spoilers are going to ensue. I have no idea, Kelly, what you would call this thing that you are about to like tell us what the story about the movie is or what happened in the movie. I don't even know what you would talk it. What what would you say? How would you title it? Whiplapsis. 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 <laughs> Whiplapsis. Whiplapsis is perfectly fine with me. All right. You can uh, you can uh, drum it like you stole it whenever you're ready. <laughs> Wait, is that what you tell the first chair? If they're... Only, only if they're really cute. She wasn't that. I don't know. I mean, never mind. Well, the thing is, Kelly, you didn't it's know where to pick on for that. You, you didn't even you know you weren't cute, and that's even worse. Yep. Time to hang myself. <laughs> Ouch. Ah, oh, too soon. Whiplaps us. A kid in his school basement drum closet's all. J. Jonas Simonson comes in. He's all, Parky fired. He walks out. The kid hangs his head. Jameson comes back. He's all. Hey, were you making those drum noises with your mouth? The kid's all, yeah. Why? The kid's all, uh... Sometimes when I'm having trouble farting, if I do it for a few hours, sometimes it jars something loose. Why'd you stop? Because you came in and said words to me. Why'd I do that? Uh, well, keep going. Okay. 
Stop. Why'd you keep going? Uh, all right. Why'd you stop? No, I get it. You're teaching me perplexity. Although drums would be nicer. Whoopsie daisy. Remember to wear my coat. Jameson leaves and comes back for an hour or two until one of them leaves and the other also leaves. <laughs> I'm not sure about this one. Some marble words are all. <laughs> Schaefer's School for Music Kids. I turn around in my seat to the two alternates sitting behind me and go, here's my ticket stub, don't lose it. One of them says he's an usher and for me to please be quiet so others can enjoy the movie. I tell him no one will ever love him. After some lively silences, we agree to disagree. The kid goes to a movie theater with Paul Reiser in it. His dad is also Paul Reiser. <laughs> in the same body. Paul Reiser's all, well? The kid sighs and sprinkles raisinets into a bucket of goobers. Paul Reiser's all, that's movie speak for we're related, son. Shh, this next scene's everybody's favorite. On the movie screen, Paul Reiser's all, Look, Colonel, I know aliens have eaten most of us, uh, but this nuclear bomb we parked on has got a monetary value. The black guy gives him the listen account and character glare. In the audience, Paul Reiser elbows the kid and goes, That's the line Ridley Scott told Helen Hunt to tell me inspired a shit Kim Monopoly board for a game adaptation. <laughs> it's the whiplash offices, Dingus. Goes around, it's like jazz. There's no melody. The kids all. The kids all. By the way, I hate movies. I usually just look at the exit sign for two hours, pretend the letters are drumsticks. Not the food kind. The dad's all. Shh, you're weird. Okay, here comes the fifth scene where everybody forgets to lock me up. The kid goes to class. The teacher taps his blank music stand with a pointer and goes, Okay, uh, take part of this Phil Collins interview. Jonah Jameson smashes open the door with a cello that says knock knock on it. Who does? Who who does that? J. Jonah Jameson. Okay, good. I thought you said Jenna Jameson, but go ahead. It says knock knock on it, Dingus, like the Expendables 2 battering ram. Alright, good times. He kicks over some guitar cases, picks up a white glove out of the laundry hamper, and shakes his head disgustedly at the teacher. While the kids literally sweat bullets... Jameson strolls whistling to a piano, taps one of its keys, scowls, mutters something, sets the piano on fire, then turns to the teacher and goes, Why are you still here? The teacher leaves and starts selling combs by the highway. Jameson's all, Guess his favorite comedian's buddy can't hack it. You, B-flat, 15th Circadian. But I'm just a door. Get out. You, which one's curlier, a treble clef or an ampersand? Uh, correct. Out. You, give me an SIFTP with a twist parm. The fat kid's all, Nah. I prefer Superman's newspaper editor. Perfect, I'll see you at 4 a.m. in room 222. Don't be on time. You too, main character. Rest of your bad news and words. You're now the New York City Philharmonic. See you online. He throws chairs at everybody's heads, then goes outside and hails a cab by throwing a chair into its windshield. The kid comes home to his family dinner. Paul Reiser's all, Hey, you guys like the meatloaf? Uh... Secret ingredients, raisinets. Everybody sighs miserably. Right. The kids all. Dingus? Uh, just the idea of raisinets and meatloaf maybe we want to go bleh. Oh. It's a cultural thing. <laughs> the kids all. 
Hey family, today I realized my life's dream of getting to play drums on stage for a guy who throws chairs at my his mom's or whatever dear. Speaking of which, my illegitimate son here has something awesome to announce. Dingus? Uh, it's no big deal, Mom. I uh, held the football for the guy who kicks it in for the extra point, whatever that guy's called. Would have been cooler if it had been during a game. Billy here saw most of it go down. Hey, Mrs. C. C main character? What else, Kenny? Uh... Yeah, so we might go all the way to state this season. Coach says I have great fingers. This is my friend Billy, by the way. He's going to eat with us from now on. Hey, Mrs. C. The mom's all boom. How you like that shit, Mozart? The kid's all, Mozart wasn't a drummer, Mom. And Dad, these aren't Wizenettes. <laughs> I, love the, I love the line, Mozart wasn't a drummer, Mom. <laughs> I think you should have saved that for whatever movie script you're writing, because that's an awesome line. <laughs> well, now it's useless, because this movie came out. Mozart wasn't a drummer, Mom. Oh, I love you so much. That's awesome. Uh, and Dad, these aren't raisinets. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure you heard that part, Dingus. It's important. <laughs> I'll, I'll pick around the line. Uh, the lines. It's a stack. <laughs> it's a stack of parental jokes. The mom's all. This is all my drum sense fault. They all throw chairs at the main character while J.K. Simmons watches through the window and shakes his head approvingly. It's all coming together. The kid goes back to the movie theater refreshment counter with a girl behind it. She's cute, so there's no line. <laughs> uh, my weird delivery had more to do with you thinking, saying the words first chair to me earlier. That it to do with my own wisdom. She's all, we're out of raisinettes. He's all, uh, I, she's all, get the fuck away from me. Rape. He starts to leave. She's all, where are you going? That means I'm interested. Hello? He's all, great. Passive-aggressive, just like my music teacher. Now I'll see his face whenever we have sex. But first things first. So are you into music or thinking about the future in the slightest? Never mind. Compatibility's overrated. Listen, <laughs> I know a pizza place. Man about town. She's all, get out. I'm serious this time. I said, get out. She throws a chair at him. Officer, this man just assaulted me. The cops all, Jesus, Emily, not tonight. Just She means yes, kid. To motivate the kid into bleeding more rhythmically, T.J. Simmons gets two other kids to replace him, then makes them all play using imaginary drums. Finally, he's all, McAfee, thumbs, you're both busted back to oboe. Cusack, the finals are in ten. If you're not here on time, I'm replacing with your brother's friend from the dinner. He goes to the pizza place where his lady friends all, Hey, happy first date. I have a really good feeling about us. He's all, listen, it's not working out. We're just different. Different organs. Having sex with you is distracting me from getting chairs thrown at me by a sadist while I bang sticks. My advice to you is to fall instant love with another drummer with a bigger chip on his shoulder. But that's just me. I turn to the nine-year-old sitting beside me and go, Thinking about the future is usually a waste of the present. That's something I didn't learn until 11, so now you're a little ahead of shit. J.K. Simmons takes the kids to his stage where they all make noise for a while competitively. A chick's all, and the winner for chair throwing in his own musical group for the 18th year running is J. Jonas Simmons from the Schaefer Academy of Fine Arts somewhere in Ithaca. She hands him a bronze chair. 
Jameson's All Speech. I'd like to give a deep thanks to my podium and microphone, and I just want to say that I couldn't have done it. He throws chairs out into the audience while they <laughs> on the stage clap dutifully with their instruments. A newspaper headlines all, audience massacred after hit and run at music thing, 18th year running. Survivors call it a masterpiece. The end. All right, very nice. <laughs> I left out the third act. Uh, okay. Um, Creative reasons. So you had a friend who went to see what movie and ended up seeing this? Uh, it was a boss at Carmine. A guy who talks like Ben Graham. Yeah, of. but what movie did he try to go see? Fury. Uh, Fury. All right, so he went to try to see Fury, and he ended up seeing this. And in seeing I mean, this, he recommended it to you, right? Yeah. All right, so... And my, he really weird with a really goofy grin on his face. Like, it's about a jazz drummer. And I'm like, what? Wait, oh, he said... What? He actually told you what it was about. All right. All right. Um, it was like a wedding anniversary dinner, and... and he was going to take her to see Fury for their wedding anniversary, apparently. What? Which to what? me, yeah. So then, instead, he sees this, and then he looks super satisfied about it. Like, yeah, Whiplash. Thank God that I got to see that instead of Fury. I'm like, wait, I should so, probably check that. So, would you recommend this movie to somebody in a similar situation or in any situation? Would you write? Yeah. Let me just ask this: Would you recommend this movie to anybody? Everybody. Everybody. Oh, so you liked it? Yeah, it was great. I loved it. Okay. Um, let me ask you this as well. Um, do you care about jazz? No. Oh. All right. At all. I don't understand it, but I like the music in this, so maybe it was like... It was like what I said about acting that one time when you kind of made fun of me. Like, uh, Wait, what do you mean? When did I ever make fun of you about... You make fun of me. It's like you said... Um, well, when I said, since I don't really get it... it to me, it's more interesting, like because it's foreign. Like, oh, it's like right. read a spy novel written by um, what you call it, John Le Carre. Yeah. So uh, like, oh. Do you listen to jazz at all? No. All right. I couldn't name three jazz dudes. All right. Um, Is he be? And I'm like blues versus jazz. I get a little confused. I'm not a music guy. Right. It's, it makes a lot of people annoyed with me, I've noticed. Like friends, their eyes glaze over when they kind of find that out about me. Like it depresses them. Well, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't get jazz at all. And I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. I've, I've listened to numerous jazz uh, records. I've bought them. I've tried to get it, and I don't. Um, I don't get it. And yeah. drumming seems hard too. Like it's all it's separately hard. Like it's even hard just to keep drumming, I would think. For me. Well, uh, <laughs> I've I have a huge affinity like for drumming for a, an entirely uh puerile and idiotic reason, but I don't really want to talk about that right now. Um I'd rather talk about uh the, the reason I love drumming is because of the the game rock band. Um uh you know, once once we started playing rock band at our weekly uh, video game uh, gathering called Shoe Club, um, I suddenly understood drumming. Uh, I understood being able to keep three different beats. Uh, I could only do three. I don't, I don't think I can do four. Uh, three different beats in my in my brain at once, and being able to do all of that made me love drumming. Um, but I've never understood jazz, and I've tried time and again because I feel like it's just a deficiency in me. But I'm with you. I don't 
I don't get it. But uh, but as with you, uh, and th- and the reason I ask this is because um, when I'm thinking about who to recommend this movie to, I, I kind of think about the movie Moneyball. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, good. Oh, and when when people talked about Moneyball and when they were recommending it, they're like, "Well, you don't have to like baseball, but you'll still like Moneyball." But I don't agree with that. Um, I think Moneyball is a good movie. Uh, if you like movies and you understand how movies are constructed, but if you don't really like baseball, um, it's largely going to fall flat for you. Uh, whereas if you don't understand or like jazz, I don't think Whiplash is going to be uh, – your enjoyment of Whiplash is going to be harmed in any way because I don't think this movie relies upon jazz in the way that uh, a movie like Moneyball relies upon baseball. Uh, even though it claims not to. Uh, Whiplash is a brilliant movie about two characters who are discovering themselves in different areas and different parts of their different parts of their lives. And I don't think that an understanding or an appreciation of jazz has anything to do with that. And the fact that you liked the music and I loved the music too, um, I think and it's we're totally not jazz. And we're not jazz aficionados in any way, and I don't think this. I think I don't think those 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 things are jazz. I mean, they reference like um, they reference a couple of jazz musicians here and there. Um, I don't think that this movie has to do with that. I think it's about a, about characters, and uh, I don't think you have to worry about jazz as far as as far as loving this movie. Well, it's also about something which to me is real interesting, which is like the creative instinct and like what what the best way is to nurture that. Yeah, and I, a lot, yeah, and let's let's get into that because. Um, but as it, they use it to tell the story a lot in the movie, which as an as an ignoramus, I still picked up on and liked. Like it, it worked for me as a story the way. Wait, well, how do you, what do you mean by that? He kind of plays through his shit. He plays through his issues, and at the end, I don't oh, think. Wait, by he do you mean Andrew? Do you mean Miles Teller's character, Andrew? Yeah. So he do you, when you he say he plays through it, he improvises through it. What do you mean? He breaks through to realize greatness. Oh, it's like Black Swan, kind of. Ah, uh, well, good lord, Kelly, that's an awesome idea. So, are you saying that? He goes, and his dad, who's a failed writer, like... Well, you mean failed writer as far as, as far as Fletcher characterizes him, but we don't know. Right. Well, also, he gave up. He got discouraged. I think in the, in, the, in the mythos of the movie, like, J.K. Simmons is this psychotic muse who okay. finally gets his, his genius. Like, it's a happy ending. Oh. Basically. But are you saying but, that Andrew, the Miles Teller character, is sort of um, improvising in a jazz way uh, to find his? Yeah, I mean, we're using. Yeah, he's he's hit through, he's punched his way through a la McConaughey, and well, now he hears the music for real. Something that he wasn't hearing before now clicks for him. Well, holy shit, Kelly, you just blew this movie wide open for me. Holy fucking shit. Good job. So that's what I liked about it. Like, it's because... Say say more about that, because I think you just really blew this movie open for me. Go ahead. Well, because he doesn't have to go into that club at the end. He's already... He sort of does give up on 
and like, all right, what do I have to say? And does what he's going to... But then after... I don't, know, I don't want to ruin the end of the movie. <laughs> well, we're, I guess we're, we're in spoiler they, they territory now, so you should ruin the end of the movie. I mean, you're really just, you're, you're really opening this movie up for me right now, and I really well, love I love what you're saying right now. You you have no idea how much I love what you're saying right now. Go ahead. Okay, well, I didn't think you were wrong too, because I really liked the relationships and, and like how it deals with um, just like the characters and their relate, like just as, a, as both filial and like as creative dynamic but if you, it was if you think about something like flamingo kid where it's like oh. the Matt Dillinger gets good seduced. lord of all the things i would have expected you to say oh, we're not have expected you to say that that's an awesome and richard fred as the villain of it and his dad the hard-working plumber is like that's the one where yeah like that's the guy who tells it like it is yeah 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 um, yeah, yeah salt to the earth guy but then this movie like paul Reiser's like oh does his opinion matter to you that much and it's like the character's like, yeah, it does. This is really important. This is more important than anything we're ever going to talk about, Dad. You just wouldn't understand it. It's kind of like that Tipping Bobby Fisher thing, where Jim Montana realizes. So, so, the, so, in a way, the the character is that that particular character is like a jazz riff. I mean, what he's yeah. doing is he's breaking through in an impro- right. improvisational way, as as we have to do in life, and it's like the screenwriter is. Or the the guy who directed this is saying, "All right, I'm going to let you do this in a jazz way." Yeah, and that's what it took. And I, it's like, but Simmons seems surprised at the end, like the kids beating. Like, I think they meet in the middle. Like, it's not just oh, that was Simmons's plot all along. And like at the end, it's like, see, you had to, I had to, I had to lose my job and get all that. Like, I don't think that was all deliberate on his part. But I on think who, that, on on who on whose part. I don't think J.K. Simmons broke. Right. Uh, Yeah, like, that wasn't Simmons' plan. It's like, okay, and then he'll sell me up the river, and then he'll see me in a club. Like, I think there was some serendipity involved. But that's how a lot of great arts evolve, too. Right. Just happened to be there. But, you you know, but, of course, Fletcher's, I mean, uh, J.K. Simmons is laying a trap for him. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. But look what. But I don't, I don't, I'm not convinced that J.K. Simmons thought that trap was going to yield fruit. Like it was just going to be his bitter revenge. Right. Right. But but, but he doesn't want it to. Yield now, fruit. He wants right. he wants it to be bitter. But what's wonderful about the suggestion that you made is that m- the Andrew Miles Teller character thinks, mm-hmm. well, this is, this could be my redemption. I'm not going to let it end like this. But then he improvises through it, and the yeah. movie is is like this character improvisation, uh, which I didn't really think about. I mean, um, I love the way you put that. It's really cool the way he, he, it's sort of like the 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 movie sort of likes likes the character accidentally imp, imp, improvise. Like if you 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 could kind of think it, and I didn't think of it about this until you said it. If you think about like. Um, Here's here's a weird thing for me. Um, I wanted to see this movie again this week. I, I I saw it earlier and I wanted to see it again. But when I sat down and thought about it, I I realized that I could sit down and and close my eyes and picture every plot beat of this movie and just sort of mm-hmm. I could I could I could see the movie in my head. Whereas like with Birdman, I don't know that I could do that. With Whiplash, I could do that. Um, but now that I I think about it. Um, there's this wonderful uh, 
character improvisation that goes on through the movie because of what you just said uh, where w- once it gets to the end it's not this this weird sort of uh, I just have a character redemption it's it's him breaking through something mm-hmm. where he thinks something is going to happen and it can't happen for him and instead in a jazz way he 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 like shatters something it's this weird mm-hmm. and and I, I've never thought of jazz in in this way but it 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 kind of can be like this sort of shattering thing to listen to him which is why I've never really gotten it maybe I don't know well improvisation can have structure too and that's how I mean all these jazz songs they're all written out and like he doesn't know the notes right like they make they make sense as pieces in my memory in the movie <laughs> more than if I didn't have the movie to go by Right, right, like right, right, right. It held my hand through the through the jungle of jazz. I think, perfectly, which is a testament to its filmmaking craft. And, and the but cast. W- what's what's weird for me is I don't think of this movie as related to jazz because of because jazz is so disjointed to me in my brain. When I think of like listening to like uh, I've got a couple of uh, like. Winford and Bramford Marsalis uh, CDs, and, and that's as deep as I go. You know, I'm I I don't go that deep. I mean, I I've listened to the other. I mean, the Charlie Parkers and the and the you know the Dave Brubecks and whatever. I've listened to those guys. I have no idea what jazz is and what isn't, uh, but I've listened to the Marsalises, and and that's as as deep as I go. So I have no idea what that is. So I, I think this this movie is fairly uh, gentle with people like me as far as understanding what jazz is. It's 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 sort of training yeah. wheels, you know, and 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 as is appropriate because it's a jazz band learning. A bunch of songs that are standards that they have to learn. Um, so, uh, so I think that's appropriate from that point of view. Um, and I and I don't know that that's a hindrance in in that. Case. No, and it's also it, if anything, it's it's like I love when people talk about work and shit and like uh, the air traffic controllers and Close Encounters and in Zero Dark Thirty and in this when he when J.K. Simmons comes in and does I'm a Moneyball apologist. Like I like the jargon in that movie and I always like work jargon shit. Like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross level stuff about people living. Well, I, I agree with you. I mean, and and but I would I would put it, I would I would. Uh, but we don't know how hard his questions are. But I would dumb. put a difference between Glenn Gary and Glenn Ross and Margin Call and Moneyball. I just think maybe it's just that I actively dislike baseball, or I just don't get baseball. Possibly. But uh, I always like jargon. Like, I'm a jargon wonk. Like, I love right. – I'm fascinated by what words stick in various industries and why they use that. Like, even marketing, which to me was always a snooze. Like, when I'd go in, I'd be fascinated by, like, the little acronyms that they would use and stuff. Right. And they'd memorize a – there's, like, four Ps. <laughs> <laughs> but the Moneyball jargon was great to me. Like, it's about math, which we're all so dumb about. Like, maybe if it was about writing, I would have hated it. But for oh, me no. – for me, Moneyball is, is math in service of something that that is it just doesn't matter to me. It's like it's, the, super, it's, it's yeah. like the social network. Uh, yeah, you yeah. can you, that can be as dramatic as possible, but it's in the service of Facebook. Um, all the math in the world in the service of baseball. Who the fuck cares if if baseball like sees, if, a- if baseball seeks to exist tomorrow? Who cares if music ceases to exist tomorrow? I care. 
No, I yeah, mean, but Moneyball is about like cracking systems and like that. To me, was interesting. But, yeah, like, but it's in the service of, of of getting somebody to win a world world series, and I and I couldn't care less who wins the world series. I just don't care. But but if a new musician, but but, but I care about musicians. I care about music, yeah. and and this music this music is accessible to me. I mean, I love all of the music in this, and I get it, and it speaks to me. Um, and the way he plays it speaks to me. You know, I, I don't understand uh, excellence in playing an instrument. I've played a guitar terribly for years. Uh, I've played drums virtually on Rock Band very well, but who cares? But I love music so much. <laughs> Music can't cease to exist. If baseball ceases to exist, who cares? But if music ceases to exist, that's something else. Well, you know, I probably it's it's not really an exact analogy. Yeah, it, it is. It, it is not. You're right. absolutely right. It, it would be so, like me saying if sports ceases to exist. It, you know, it, it it it's a different thing. You're absolutely right. That's, I'm just that's, saying j- the jazz jargon in Whiplash was awesome. Like I yeah, loved it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. That's the only reason I dragged Moneyball into it. Was like that was something I liked. Well, no, I no, I I think dragging Moneyball into it is perfectly. I, I mean, I think that makes sense. Uh, so uh, moving past, I mean, I mean, I I think we both really love this movie, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, and I love both the leads. I love Miles Miles Teller. Is that yeah, Miles Teller. Um, he was so he was so convincing to me. Good oh. lord, that guy was awesome. Yeah. And uh, had you seen him in anything before? No. All right. It's such a tough. It's a tough physical role too. It's oh my god! So it's a, I. I would describe it as one of the most athletic performances I've seen in a yeah. long time. Uh, and I don't even know. You know, I, I went to see it with my dad. Neither of us uh, are particularly knowledgeable about what it takes to be a good drummer, but I, I I know he's not doing all that drumming. But good lord, that's fun. Yeah, they make it look like it. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's not. It, it, it's not like hiding, playing so, like somebody playing a piano, where you can just pan up and you're yeah. not showing their fingers. I mean, I think you can hear it. It's pretty cinematic. Oh, it's maybe the most cinematic instrument. Now that it, I think about it. it. Oh, wow, Kelly. You could hear it. Damn, but, that's a great way to put it. It is a, a fucking hugely cinematic instrument. Damn, like a guitar. You go, well, it could be anyone doing that. Yeah, drums. Seriously, do that nonstop. At the very least, yeah, yeah, and and uh, you know, it, yeah. no matter who's playing this, I don't care. He, Miles Teller, you know, I really did not like this guy uh, going into this movie because of a movie called Spectacular Now, which um, which I didn't care for because I th- I thought they is that they, Malik? What'd you say? Is that Malik? Uh, I can't remember now. Okay, it's it's time. it's uh, Miles Teller and uh, Shailene Woodley, and. I just felt like she, it, the movie should have been focused on her. She's a far more interesting character, far more uh, talented actress. And they're trying to make him into this talent, this sort of like hipster, Ferris Bueller, the leading man kind of character. Um, and and when we talked about this, Tom uh, had said uh, um, had referenced a movie called Twenty uh, One Something. I can't remember what it was. Oh, rants. Um, 21 and over. 21 and over. Thank you, Kelly. Um, where they totally use Miles Teller, and, he, and he's like, look, you got to watch this movie, and sadly I didn't. Um, and he said, mm-hmm. look, when they know how to use Miles Teller 
correctly, that guy is really, really good. And I wasn't buying it because I was so pissed off about how Spectacular Now went out. When you watch this movie, he is perfect. He is absolutely perfect. He is, I mean, he has obviously worked his tail off. I don't know if he grew up as a drummer or if he knew any of this, but it is such an athletic performance. I mean, taking into account everything in the movie, not even that bravura last part of the movie, which is one of the great endings of a movie of all time. Seriously. Yeah. But but this guy, he – Jesus. I mean, this is like a – this is like – Working on a raging bull. I'm sorry. This is like training on a on a serious level. And if he didn't do that, good lord, the filmmaker and they they fooled me because he worked. Oh my god, this is such an athletic performance. And I don't. I keep saying the word athletic because I'm just so surprised that I'm talking about a musician, a, a performance of a musician that is athletic. I mean, he is just. Oh my so god. Athletic. Yeah. I'm so excited about this performance. I'm so excited about him. And he's also the right level. He's the right romantic level. I mean, he looks exactly right. God, this kid is perfect in this. Yeah. I'm I'm nuts about it. He has to say so much to us about what kind of character he is through just his face and the drumming. Yeah. Yeah. but there's even there are a couple dialogue scenes, and he's I liked his arguments, like at the family dinner, and it's like, <laughs> you know, if you want to be a great artist, there is going to be a certain loneliness and distance from. Because I remember when I was a kid, I remember hearing my grandparents talking like, you know, as long as he doesn't write all the time, it's okay. I was thinking, that's for you to say. <laughs> wow. It's like I knew they were like right from that moment on when I was like on ten or eleven. I'm like, all right, so that's this is what it's like to be, to want to be that good at something. Not that it worked out, but Whoa, like, well, when he just goes, yeah, but you guys aren't friends with Charlie Parker, so it's different. Like it's like if it's good for you, but like he's totally fine with like taking on the entire table. So well, I kind of liked that. What do you think about that that whole question about? excellence and being an artist in this movie well you also gotta be honest with your skills too like he wants to be and he does give up but then he comes back which has also happened like the it, it is sort of like that that charlie parker analogy that the guy keeps describing because that guy he had to fail to get to to become perfect um but maybe a lot of people got symbols thrown at their heads oh okay i see what you say Right. Well, do you, like you have do you to be think... good too. Like it's not just J.K. Simmons. Like he has to be. Like it's not passions not enough and talents not enough. Like he's got to have all these other, and he mostly has that. Um. So do you? The question. Th- is, Go ahead. Well, like he breaks up with the girl. It's like you're you're holding me back. I can't. I can't be in love and be the best. But then later he seems to have rethought that. We don't know if she's there or not, which I like. I like that ambiguity. There's no cutaway to like that would have been maybe too on the head, right? But does he now think, oh wait, if I still if I had her, it would have been great. I was dumb, or I should get someone else. Like it's not like I need to be a, a celibate Jedi to be Charlie Parker. <laughs> he had lovers too, and the movie kind of leaves that on. Like it's not really about that, I guess. Well, he's a kid. I mean, and he's he's learning 
what right. he's learning the nature of sacrifice. I mean, uh, for me, part part of the point of this movie is two different characters discovering who they are at different points in their uh, in their arc, in their character arc. I mean, J.K. Simmons in that bar scene, uh, and then later in the in the, in, the, in the very last scene. Uh, He's in the in the bar scene. He's justifying who he is, and in the later scene, he understands. So, so that's that's a character who's understanding who he is, and this is also Miles Teller having a minor, uh, a, a little character arc of discovery of who am I at this point. So right. when he when he calls her to say, "Can you come to my?" to my performance and she says well i have to ask my boyfriend uh the look on his face is oh this is what sacrifice means and so for jk simmons is this is what sacrifice means Mm -hmm. um so it's it's two different two different characters at two different points in their lives finding out what sacrifice means um and in the service of art so so what's fascinating to me is like what does it take to be an expert? What does it take to produce art? And and, and what is the what what sacrifice is worth it? Right. Was it worth it? Like the the guy who send, who J.K. Simmons reads the letter right. about, or the obituary of right. Like right. is that right. worth it? Because it, it got that was the like how many of those is worth one? Um, what's his name? The main character, Andrew. <laughs> Andrew. Yeah. If if indeed Andrew turns out to be turns out to be a Charlie Parker, which right. he doesn't, which he doesn't, we, we don't know that. Uh, but um, I think but, the implication is he is, but we don't okay. know that either. It's the Matrix. But it's also about it's not about whether he is or not. It's whether he can break through and make right. that happen. But it's also about what sacrifice is worth that. And the, and this movie is so much about sacrifice. And that that's what I think is the beauty about Whiplash is 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 all the sacrifice we don't see and what we do see and then the intervening years of sacrifice that it's going to take. Yeah. Like, she's either in the audience or she's not. It's not going to matter is what's going to happen to him. Like, that's not why he does what he does. Well, no, I, I don't think that's Hollywood even a, movie. I don't think that's even a consideration. I think that's right. only him. I think he's yeah. only considering himself. But what what sacrifice is going to be worth it for him and what will that eventually... I mean, the, the idea of sacrifice and art is fascinating to me in this yeah. movie as far as these two characters. Did you like J.K. Simmons? Yeah, I loved him. Yeah. Loved him. I thought yeah. what, great. What, one of my really sad moments uh, this week is that I can't see the, the short. They're, they're, this movie is based on a short um, that was shown at, at Sundance, and I do not understand why they don't let you see that short. <laughs> I mean, shorts Before are... Or after. You can't see it right now. I, I should be able to go watch it right now. Like Baba Duke. Yeah. Uh, I should be able to go and watch the short of Whiplash right now. And I can only see like a promo, like one minute thing of it. So I can see like they're in a in a in a band room that's white and bright, like a band room that I would have been in in high school. I think the guy he he makes fun of, who he throws out for being off tune and the Mars Bar thing, uh, is the same actor. But it but it's a totally different aesthetic. Um, but you see, like, sort of differences. It's still J.K. Simmons. The main guy doing the drums is is, is not Miles Teller, of course. But 
why why can't we see the short? I would love to see the short to see where this is coming from. I mean, it's just fascinating to me how this movie got made um, because I'm so happy that it actually wound up in, in theaters that we got to see it. Yeah. It seems like it would be a hard pitch to sell to disinterested movie executives. It's about a drummer. Da, 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 da. Well, yeah, absolutely. And that's that's why the, I think they, they... Love story? Well... They got to actually... They got to actually work it through um, uh, film festivals, and yeah. that's how that you know it, it was it was popular at Sundance or wherever, and so it got actually got some buzz, and that's how it got made. But there's no way to make this movie other than that. So uh, so um, uh, so let's do an over under. What do you think? See, these are overunders are tough with something I really like because then I gotta go all right, all right better so, than that or as good. Yeah, so, as so, good. No. So you know, well, it, I think uh, when when we uh, when I I mean I love this movie. I absolutely love it. Yeah, and and it, and it had a profound emotional effect on me. Saying, yeah, me too. Um, it was an intense experience. Yeah. It's it was really an intense experience. So much so that I don't, I don't know how you felt, but afterward I was just like I don't know what to think now. Jesus. No, I loved it. I wanted everyone to see it. Oh, wait, wait. I was Before we get to over under, would, okay, I want to fight with you about the rating thing. Right, I would say kids should see this. I would say 12-year-olds. I would take a 12-year-old to see this if they were... All right. Well, I'm glad you reminded me of this. Why, why, do, you think, uh, why do you think it gets an R rating for, for language? Um, well, wait. I'm... T- I have to explain the rating system. No, you don't have to explain the rating system. I'm just you're, you're questioning it, but well, well this is like because what in this context is it should be relevant, and so if he's if he's saying all these things for, but what are these things he's saying? I mean, he's basically Arlie Ermy in a right. yeah, but it's well, it's a it's a shit ton of homophobic. Crap! I mean, it's it's constant. Like, that's not your boyfriend's dick, so don't come too early. It's it's constant, constant like faggot. Just it's you know it, more than the f word. Like the, more than saying fuck, it's it's constant, constant because it's this sort of almost militaristic thing. There's no women in this room. Right. It's this constant homophobia. It's constant. That's how kids, I don't know, like Bad News Bears. It doesn't matter. It, it, that's a different era. We're in a different era now. That's why it's R, because it's wow. constant. It is constant, derogatory, scary homophobia, but it, but it, it 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 might very well be realistic, but it's it's militaristic as far as being in this band environment. And I, I don't want my kid seeing that. I don't want my kid hearing that. Your kid's nine. Like, what'd you say? Your kid's nine, right? My kid's nine. Yeah. Well, no, he's ten now. Oh, he's ten. I wouldn't say every kid's different. Every movie's different. I to me this. This movie is fun for all ages. I don't know. It is not fun. 12, it, it, 12 or 13, cutting the line. But there are certain kids I think would value. From but you understand what I'm talking about as far as the, yeah, I no. mean, the uh, language. I'm not just talking about fuck. I'm not talking about talking about the F word as far as fuck is concerned. I'm talking about the homophobia in it. I mean, it's it's pervasive. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's what Fletcher, Why is Fletcher he saying does. Fletcher, because he's pretending, right. he's pretending to be Arlie Ermey. And then the kid goes, wait, what? 
who's Arlie Ermey? And then you, you explain that, and then they go, oh, okay. Okay, so we had a couple of uh, technical issues. Um, we were just talking about our over and under. Kelly, you had talked about your over as being inside Lewin Davis. Yeah, I did. Um, and then I and mentioned Bird for no you, reason. Why did you mention Bird? Because it's probably an over, but I haven't seen it since it came out. So I think there's a rule against you have to have seen the movie since it came out. All right. I think that's fair enough. I try. I think I remember trying to watch Bird. Um, but It's a biopic. You know. Yeah, but I, at that point, I was just so far removed from being able to understand or want to understand jazz that, I mean, that was probably 20 years ago. When, do you remember when Bird came out? Yeah, I was in high school. Yeah. So, uh, 34. <laughs> um, but I read a quote tonight. I was reading a book called Edith's Diary by Patricia Highsmith, and she said something like, "Jazz." It's just a character of the book saying, "Jazz when it's um, when you're in a good mood sounds great, but if you're disturbed, it's even more disturbing." And I was trying to think of other music styles that had that effect on me because most of them just disturb me like Christmas songs I never found jazz disturbing I just found it so dis- disjointed um, that I couldn't follow along I wasn't ever disturbed by listening to jazz it was just uh, it was too to, to me to my ear as a kid it was just too without structure and I know that's not the nature of it I mean uh, jazz is not without structure um, but for me as a kid when uh, the stuff I was listening to I would I would want to listen to Gershwin or something like that uh, and so trying to listen to Charlie Parker or anything else was really too difficult for me it was just it required frankly I think probably too much thought because I think jazz requires more active listening um, I I grade music by like what I like to do to it and I think jazz since I don't really know it like I think it would be really cool music to like be in a car chase to <laughs> alright you know as if soon as you said that I just I just thought of the French connection and how that chase would work with it jazz, jazz. laid underneath it yeah <laughs> or the end of Jaws which is almost the word jazz <laughs> very good very nice. yeah. uh, so what would be your under for uh, shark moves like his Bart beats, kind of like jazz music, like it's a rhythmic. Okay, what was your question? My under? Your under for Whiplash? What would your under movie be? Uh, some kind of wonderful, but only because, or rather, some kind of underful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just because, like, she could do better than him. What? The Mary Stuart Masterson character shouldn't be wasting her time with fuckhead. All right. Am I getting it mixed up with with Pretty in Pink? I have no idea because I've seen neither one of those movies. Oh, you didn't see some kind of wonderful? No. My first doubt suddenly becoming my over as I now that I know you haven't seen it. <laughs> I mean, I have a picture of the both posters in my head, but I've never watched uh, Pretty in Pink. Uh, I thought I felt like that was overrated. The window closed on that, and some kind of wonderful. Who is that? Is that Andrew McCarthy? Who is that? Yeah, or Eric. No, it's Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz. Okay, he's the romantic lead, and then he likes Leah Thompson from Back to the Future, and she's the rich cheerleader who arches her back in the steam room a lot. All right. Stuart Masterson's his 
best friend, and she's hotter than Leah Thompson, and they like she, she just met a kiss, and at one point she says that she'll bet her hands on something. What? Why are you picking this for Whiplash? Because it's a, she's a drummer. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And it's a coming-of-age story. All right. And she's got life figured out, while as, like, she'd make a good girlfriend for the Whiplash kid. Oh, okay. So I'm trying to matchmake. All right, fair enough. Um, my both. under would be, uh, I'm not going with the anything involving drumming or the relationship aspect, but rather the teaching aspect. Uh, my under would be uh, a movie called Dead Poets Society. <laughs> that's a good one. I just I uh, get why that's an under. See, I that's okay. a perfect choice. Right, you understand your own game, not like Russian Roulette and the November Man. <laughs> All right, good. Thanks. So it's too short in the game department. Well, you know it happens. Thanks to your use of Dead Poets Society. Wait, would you like to discuss your thoughts on it? Not really. I just uh, I was just sitting there thinking about how how I felt about uh, Fletcher as a teacher, um, and uh, and thinking about other movies where uh, because you know essentially even though he's uh, uh, trying to be sort of junior drill sergeant, he's he's essentially a teacher, um, and he's trying to do what he thinks is going to inspire and um, motivate his kids. Um, and creative and yeah exactly um but uh in dead poet society this is done similarly but in a sort of a mammy way which has a similar results um and i and while as a as an immature moviegoer i was sucked in by dead poet society uh as i became an adult and watched it i became i i began to more and more despise it and I, 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 maybe that's too soon to talk about uh, as far as uh, the fact that you know it was Robin Williams, but I, I kind of came to despise the, the script of Dead Poet Society. Oh, dingus, my dingus! Wait, it's too uh, soon to despise it because Robin Williams just died last year. No, it, it's it was it's been plenty soon to despise it. It just might be too soon to denigrate it online. I don't think it's despisable. It's just a dumb movie. Yeah, yeah, it's dumb. It's a dumb movie, but it's also for somebody who has worked a lot in teaching. Um, it's a very frustrating movie to watch from that perspective because it 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 gives this idea that oh, it's just so easy to inspire people if only you tell them to uh, ignore authority or or not pay attention to the things they should be doing, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas in um, Whiplash, he's pushing and pushing and pushing, and and of course, I mean, one of the key lines is him saying, uh, you know, is is Andrew saying to him, "Is there a line? There has to be a line." See, it's a it's a double entendre. Yeah, it is. But you know what? Um, you're a theater guy, so maybe you can speak to this better than me. But like, I always responded really poorly to those kinds of methods like if people if my instructors yelled at me it never helped i was like i did get discouraged and went oh well i guess it's my lot in life to have symbols rolled in my head uh so much you, as i enjoyed the movie did you ever play sports or anything like that yeah i sucked at all of them all right 
but it looked, I want to be good at volleyball dingus. I think you should, we should take classes together. You know, I've uh, uh, some of the uh, uh, parents of my kids' uh, friends play something like do a weekly thing called volleyball, where they yeah. it's basically like volleyball on like an indoor court where they can hit the ball off of the walls, and it's kind of a way for like young adults to meet each other or old adults to meet each other. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, we could certainly meet to play some volleyball if you like. Because the thing is, I, wait, I mean, that I got to do with anything I said. You said you said you want to be good at volleyball. Yeah, but that's volleyball. Yeah, but it's the same thing. It's just pronounced. Uh, <laughs> it sounds too social, and I can't catch. I think I need to just work on the basics. Well, it's demented and sad, but social. <laughs> See, John Hughes callbacks. That's right. That's what I did. Just it's- like puberty. <laughs> All right, so we've got our over under. Uh, your your yeah. overs uh, were uh, your over was Lewin Davis. Say that again. Inside Lewin Davis. Uh, inside Lewin Davis. Mine was Shine. Um, your under was uh, some kind of wonderful, and mine is Dead Poet Society. So moving on now to our mini penny movie club palooza. Um, which I think most folks have taken as the name of this silly thing, uh, thanks to you, and which I appreciate. It's the only part of it that's become that's stuck. Yeah, I agree. They uh, watched the wrong movie, like <laughs> I did. Them, who cares? I, who did it? It's not important to point fingers right now. Yeah, this is not. A, well, let's not. They watched the wrong movie, right? What were you saying? <laughs> uh, so this week's uh, I'll see. In response to us watching the Baba 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 Duke 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 movie, um, change. Uh, I decided we should watch Joshua, which is a movie I first saw at Sundance in 2007, I believe. And I uh, thought I'd seen it, but I was thinking of Martin. What? The George Romero movie. So I haven't. I hadn't seen Joshua. Oh, this is the first time you'd seen Joshua. Yeah. Well, holy cats! Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, how exciting! So, yeah, it was so did you did you actually get to watch it this week? Yes. And what do you I think? I want to talk about it. I think it's a great movie and like really well acted and the kid and Sam Rockwell are both really good in it. But I think I broke up with it like towards the end after Joshua knocks over the blocks and goes, That's my favorite part. And then Sam Rockwell's like He's seen him kill people, or kind of, you know, he's on to the kid, he's locked up all the baby food, but then even as, and then, but then he gets, still gets played after that, like the child psychologist falls for Joshua's rap. No one ever seems to notice Joshua's weirdness, right? except the camera, and right. it's like, he, when he, Rockwell discovers the bruise on Joshua, he's like, who did this? Oh my god, this changes everything, instead of suspecting like he, it seems like he forgot everything else that happened in the movie up to that point, and then he kind of threw the game. The way the strangers, Liv Tyler in that movie, the oh, I, I never saw the strangers. They have a shotgun and they're they got the door covered, and the plan should be just stay there the rest of the movie. But instead, some dumb happens. And so in Joshua too, I was I think I was like really like Rockwell's character. I thought was set up as someone who was competent and just being unmanned by family shit. Mm-hmm. 
but like I thought he was going to come through in the end. I really liked when he just threw his cigarette, like it's sort of either at the kid, the baby carriage or Joshua's face, and he's all. By the way, you better learn how to ski. You're moving like he, they still go out on family outings together and just taunt each other, right? Which I really liked. It was becoming like a funny movie in a good way that I don't think at the time people understood. It seemed like most reviews I read after it afterwards said that. Uh, unintentional laughs but I think they were intentional I think there's a really good line where um, the kid's all mommy let's play hide and seek and she she's fu- he she fucked up her foot right and, and he's like I'll hide you seek and she goes figured as much <laughs> it's like such a good throwaway but it's like a serious slow creepy kind of predictable in a way it's you're supposed to, it's supposed to be predictable evil kid movie right um, but it's true to its vision, and it was creepy. And um, like I said, well, I I definitely I, I agree with you. I think it's I think it's creepy and designed that way. Yeah, uh, and that's why. I forgot it. I think it was misunderstood. Oh, you do? I yeah. I haven't read any of the reviews about it, even even at this late date. So I didn't know that it. They were like, we see that what's it's obviously the kid's evil, but the family doesn't see it. And it's like, yeah, it's about a dumb, it's about dumb parents not noticing the obvious. That's the plot of the movie. Yeah, they're not dumb people, but they are dumb parents. I mean, they're this is this is uh, a you know a bunch of people who are um, becoming rich and focusing on themselves and their new baby and missing. Like the thing that we see from the moment the movie begins. I mean, there's no doubt, and there's no. It's not. There, there's no doubt who's going to be the creepy character in this movie from the very right. beginning. Um, and and that's what I love about Joshua the movie is that uh, the the guys who directed and I kind of remember this from their Q and A is that they're they're seeking to make um, a a weird creepy. Um, with this mounting sense of dread, kind of Hitchcockian thriller, not not a mystery or not a scary movie. Although there are a couple of jump scares with like the refrigerator door and whatnot, um, but they're they're trying to make something that's that's on the on the order of the Trouble with Harry or uh, there, there's a there's a French movie they referenced where where some where, where folks have to like hide and dispose of a body, um, that kind of like creepy like creeping dread kind of a movie uh, where you know exactly this is the i don't think there's a mystery here you know what's no, going what you're reminding american psycho like that like you know he's a psycho it's just like nobody notices like that's the right the movie. well with american psycho you also have that that sense of well is this just in his head and whatnot um right with it with this movie i mean it's very clear this kid and this has been the history of this family because he says and and you get the sense of the way the dialogue develops when he's when he's saying to his father you don't have to love me that's not a rule or something yeah sam that sometimes are good (laughs) yeah exactly well the way sam rockwell responds to that particular line he's not surprised i mean if if my son said to me you don't have to love me i would be like what the what are you talking about 
but Sam Rockwell says, oh, I'm your dad. Of course I love you. I mean, it's like he's heard this before kind of a thing. Yeah. So I think they're used to Joshua being creepy and playing the piano and them saying, uh, can we have an intermission, please? And and it just comes to a head because there's a new baby in the house. Right. And, and Joshua just can't take that. Um, but, but here's the twist. Here's the thing I don't think people that when it came out got because it's really weird and subtle. But it's also there. Uh, Joshua's plot is the twist, like or the, his motivation is the twist. Like you find out in his song at the end, he just wanted to be alone with that dude, <laughs> <laughs> willowy wispy guy. He just wanted he wanted to create the family he wanted, and this is the right. way it should be. Yeah, and that's the guy he wanted. And that's right. why it always like that. And well, the action was good too. That guy is great. That's Dallas Roberts, and we've seen him in a few different things. Um, he's he's a he's he's a fantastic actor. He's uh, the MacGuffin, the secret MacGuffin of the movie. But he's the, he's also just sort of indicative of their of of what class stats. they are. Because you know, he's sitting around with a martini in the in the beginning of the day and just be like being like, oh, I couldn't care to do any of this. But at the same time, when they need him, he runs there to look after Joshua. Um, you know, we saw him in The Gray. He was in Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, he's been in a ton of things. I love that guy so much, and he's great in this. He's actually yeah. probably my favorite thing about this movie. Uh, you didn't like Rockwell? Oh, I love uh, you know uh, that's uh, fair. Uh, actually, this is the first time I think I remember seeing Sam Rockwell. Um, this is after Charlie's Angels. Yeah, but I don't remember Sam Rockwell to this extent. Uh, so this is where really, he went. Oh, is really good. He well, it's. He's weird too. I mean, he's yeah. he's uh, you know uh, I, I watched this with uh, with with my girlfriend and she she was she had she had also seen it uh, independently at Sundance. She's like I didn't remember everybody in this being so unlikable um, because the parents are really unlikable. He's Joshua. Yeah. He's yeah. uh, and uh, Sam Rockwell is hard to get along with. I mean, he's competent at his job clearly, but he's not very good at being a very good father. Quiet, he's, yeah. he's like, yeah, buddy, yeah, buddy, yeah, buddy. Um, sport and whatnot. He's trying his best, but at a certain point in the movie, he turns the corner when he realizes what Joshua is. And you're right about that sort of that black comedy thing that sort of starts to develop and sam rockwell is perfect at that yeah and this movie really nails that because of him and it's brilliant casting because there are not many actors who can get away with that early part of trying to be the dad dealing with that weird mom of his and then turning the corner and being i'm going to be a forceful dad who's looking after my baby and having to go against my other kid and that's interesting that's a godfather level yeah, transformation story arc. But there sure. is sort of that Hitchcockian humor in there as well. Yeah, and Sam Rockwell carries that off perfectly. Yeah, both of them. Uh, yeah, like the Babadook too. It's like that. So that's why it's a good choice. Yeah, because um, the parents change demonstrably. But it's a dude. <laughs> and this wonderful thing happened to me while we were watching. I was just looking at uh, what's his name. I think his name is Jacob Kogan, the kid who plays Joshua. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know if I've ever seen him anything since, but he just reminds me of Zachary Kinto. Um, as I'm watching, I'm just thinking he reminds me of Spock. Why? I have no idea why that is, but 
you know, he could be he could play Zachary Quinto's younger twin or y- younger brother in Margin Call for you know. And it turns out he played the and later on when I was doing some writing about the movie, uh, he played the young Spock in the Star Trek movie. <laughs> Um, right, Jacob Cogan. I didn't know that. I didn't realize that, or I didn't remember that when we were watching the movie. But he's so he's a dead ringer for like a, like Zachary Quinto as a kid. He ha- yeah, and he has that thing too where he seems like he's always alone, the way Zachary Quinto kind of is to me, and Tom Cruise does. Yeah, you're right. He he does have that sort of like isolated. V- it's him isolated and it's everybody else. Right. Yeah. Exactly. He's in his own movie. Well, I'm so glad that you actually liked the movie. That's awesome. I did. Um, I'm not sure I like it as much as I did the first time I saw it because I was sort of undergoing that uh, summer camp mentality that you go through when you go to a film festival because yeah. I saw it like in a in a huge packed auditorium at Sundance and by that time of the week you're kind of looking uh, for that, anything to like. Right, it's not that kind of movie. Well, it worked. It's it, slow. Yeah, it worked because you're in this huge group and it has this sort of slow burn I think what you said earlier um, it really worked in that situation watching it again was a very weird uh, experience for me because um, I don't think I've watched the whole thing since then I know I've talked about it in other 3x3s um, where she steps on the glass and whatnot. that might have been like jump scares or something that yeah. moment where she steps on the glass still gives me the heebie-jeebies um, but I love I loved it when I saw it at the festival. It was one of my favorite movies at the festival. I don't know that I would uh, put it in such high esteem now, but I still really liked it. I liked the atmosphere of it. Yeah. I really liked discovering Sam Rockwell, and I think Vera Farmiga is just fantastic. Yeah, it's tough to be like you're all because you're all sort of bait. They're all backup singers, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But man, I just want a rock wall to just fucking throw him somewhere fucking high. You want to throw him somewhere? Yeah. He had him. I don't know. <laughs> just trying to relate to the rock wall too much. That's all right. All right, so let me read a couple of uh, listener emails about the movie. We've got a couple. Um, there, this is one from a listener named Brian Talbot. Uh, sorry, this is not about the movie Club of Palooza. All right, so I'm not reading something like that. So Brian Talbot says, but I didn't know what other address to send an email to. I just want to say thank you for your amazing show. I've listened to the 43 Movie Podcast since the first episode, and I still look forward Ugh. to it every week. No other podcast has held my interest as long, including big deal stuff like This American Life. I enjoy every part of the show, and I consider myself very lucky that you do this. I also want to send my best wishes to Tom. hope his treatment is going as well as it can. Uh, Brian, thank you very much for this email. Uh, he's doing really. Tom is doing really well, and uh, we have our fingers crossed that he'll be with us shortly. So, uh, and, and I know all of us feel that way. Um, we definitely want this to be back to the normal way it is with the three of us oh, and God, not just yes. the two of us. Yeah, we, Kelly and I definitely feel the same way you do, Brian. So, uh, so Tom will be back soon. I, I, I'm, I assure you that will be the case. Uh, but anyway, thank you for the uh, the uh, email. So now we have Chris Markinson. Uh, <laughs> hey guys. Uh, Sam Rockwell and Vera Farmiga are both very good in the movie. I thought that Farmiga did a good job of portraying her character's deteriorating mental state. Uh-huh. She also doesn't handle losing at high and seek very well either. <laughs> Rockwell is so good once his character figure, figures out what Joshua really is, and that led to some pretty good moments where he puts a new lock on the bedroom door and secures the everything in the kitchen. 
Jacob Kogan plays Joshua, and I think he does a very effective job of being creepy with an almost complete lack of emotion. Yeah, that's a pretty good. That's a that's yeah. Good point, yeah. And dialogue like you know you don't have to love me. That's not a rule or something. The movie really hammers home the level of malevolence within the child with the short home movie that Joshua makes. And I have to say I really liked the use of night vision during that scene. He also played young Spock in Star Trek. But there you go. Yeah. When uh, when Joshua is telling his grandmother about Seth and Apep, I was wondering if he thought that maybe he was Seth. Huh. I wondered that too. Or was he Apep? Or was he saying his dad's Apep? Or was he just fucking with her because she was super Christian? Um, and anything heathen, he would... But that's his thing, wasn't he? He was into the Egyptians. Yeah, yeah, he was. He emotions. <laughs> and that's, a, that's another weird thing. Now, what do you think about this when he's cutting open his little, t- his little panda bear and he's telling his dad, you know, this is how we get them to a, a better life? Uh, talking about the Egyptian burial rituals. Um, and the way Sam Rockwell reacts to that is like, hey, buddy, what are you doing, buddy? I mean, yeah. I mean, that's kind of an indication of where the movie, I think, is trying to go as far as humor is concerned. Um, because as as a father, if, if my kid were cutting up his one of his beloved stuffed animals and pulling the stuffing out of it and talking about a burial ritual, I think that I would try to get my kid some help. Yeah, or just bury him. Because <laughs> it's too late. Uh, I didn't. I didn't get the stuff that uh, that Chris here is saying, or that you were saying about Seth and Apep. I, I didn't understand. Like, I, I didn't know that he, if he was messing with his grandmother or just just honestly uh, obsessed and interested in those rituals and and those gods. Or it's it's metaphysical morbidity, and that's kind of his thing. Like he always loves that shit. He always seeks it out in all cultures. Right, but is Joshua? Um, is does he have an ulterior motive, or is he just focused on this thing, and that's what disturbs her? Uh, both. All right. Thank. Uh, so Chris says, "Thanks for listening <laughs> to me ramble, guys." Chris, <laughs> he had to hear us. Yeah. Who really came out on top? Uh, so Fire now writes in um, No double feature Is as cringeworthy as Whiplash And Joshua but already what? I digress what she, Wait I disagree <laughs> I thought it was a great double feature Well this is what Fire says um, I first saw Joshua at Sundance I didn't have a kid yet I didn't know the first thing about kids So when I took child rearing at face value As presented by the movie I was instantly mortified The movie was like a warning to non-parents Abstinence education or something Here are two perfect parents Doing everything right And their messed up creepy kid ruining their lives Now that I have a kid And opinions with a capital O I'm shocked by the parents behavior After the arrival of Joshua's sister Why is nobody getting this kid checked out Why is the baby sleeping alone With the door shut Why is nobody helping mom get some rest Who lets their kid walk around New York City Unescorted And what is all this trying to tell me I really wish this movie were told From Vera Farmiga's perspective Where the narrative grows increasingly Unreliable The kid can maintain his constant creepitude And the audience can wonder Who's more objective and in touch with reality I give this movie three and a half cloth diapers Thanks for the podcast fire Has she seen Rosemary's Baby? Uh, I have no idea if she has or not I I think she should watch it Uh, But I, I love what she says there about um, 
the uh, her her observation that it would be such an interesting movie from Vera Farmiga's point of view in light of the fact that I chose it after watching The Babadook and um, and having read, and I would encourage listeners to look at the front page of Quarter 3 and read what Tom writes about yeah. The Babadook as far as it being from the point of view of an unreliable narrator uh, with regards it's, to the book. It's, it's, a, it's a great post. If you've seen The Babadook and you've listened to our show, please do read what Tom writes about it because it's something that I missed uh, as far as dealing with the mother in that because i think the things that fire hits in her email um are things that are really um get to the heart of what makes the babadook work well i think in this sam rockwell's the analog for the mom in babadook not reforming she's Um, just window dressing i don't i don't think i can agree with you because of the way um, the mother is dealing with um, she had in, issues in particular sleep <laughs> the yeah. the idea of sleep as a resource yeah. uh, and, and how that affects all of the characters in both of these movies uh, including the kids uh, I think it's a really important thing and, and while we think of sleep as well it's just a thing it is such an important thing an effective thing as far as mental health is concerned for parents. Um, and I think that both of these movies understand that, and the Babadook understands it extremely well. I think um, Joshua's version of Babadook's dream sequences are the work sequences. The work sequences. It's Michael McKean. Oh, all right. All right, yeah. So that's its version of sleep. Yeah. So everything you said is true. It just the arrow leads elsewhere how awesome is michael mckean in this by the way he's great how weird to see him doing that kind of role being that like and he's kind of weird and got this strange little not malevolence but just like there's a lot of danger in there as far as sam rockwell's job is concerned and you get that feeling from him you get that like okay i uh, I meet those guys all the time they really are he's playing it perfectly yeah i wasn't joking send the nanny to the kids yeah and that that moment where he's like, "Well, how are things going? Well, things are going good at home, but everybody's having a hard time. But things are but people are pretty happy." He's like, "Oh, I'm really so happy here. Everything's happy because yeah. I thought everything was going in the crapper." And I love the way that he just like the, the like the knife suddenly slides in at that point. It's great. Yeah. Uh, so so people, so many of them. <laughs> Uh, our final email is from Dave Perkins, who does not disappoint. Uh, Dave writes in, "I watched Training Day this week." <laughs> because you said that it would be good and it was quite good I'd say more if this <laughs> week's movie weren't a different movie altogether uh, thank you Dave Perkins um, uh, for uh, watching Training Day and for sending me a completely um, inappropriate quote from Training Day in a multiplayer game that we're playing right now thank you so much Dave wait that had nothing to do with Joshua no uh, uh only one time has Dave written in where he's actually seen the movie. Uh, usually he, he uh, he's, I think he, uh, he actually saw Goon. Uh, usually he writes in to say, thanks, I didn't watch the movie you wanted me to watch. Instead, I watched something you guys Training talked Day. about 17 months ago. So he watched Training Day instead, and he liked it. So good for you, Dave. Wait, so now the new rule for the mini Penny Movie Club is watch anything you want 
from any podcast. No, the the rule is watch what we want you to watch, and please come and talk about it. But if you're not going to watch that and you want to just give us a compliment or say something absurd, you're welcome to write in as well. At 3x3 at quarter to 3.com. Huh. As long as we only have four emails, I'm happy to read Dave. Yeah, that's a good you point. Know, prattle, we, prattle, whine about? Prattling on about uh, training. So Why we trying to make the funnel narrower even than Dart is? <laughs> It's a good point, I guess. All right, so this week we watched a movie called Whiplash. So for next week's podcast, we are (laughs) going to do a mini movie club of Palooza, mini penny movie club of Palooza. Um, On what movie? This is your choice, Kelly. What what movie did Whiplash inspire you for us to watch the coming week? Uh, It's another coming of age story about a drummer who has to deal with relationships and learning about music from a tyrant. It's called Caveman. <laughs> Good lord, really? Yeah, he's the world's first drummer. Is that is that a Ringo Starr movie? Yeah. Oh my Barbara god. Box in it. You're gonna make us watch Caveman. Make you? I mean, you're gonna let us watch Caveman? You're welcome, slaves. All right, uh, we thank you. Wait, what was the last one I picked? Uh, uh, There's picked, a pattern. You picked Dark Star at some point. Um, I don't know what else you've picked. Are we keeping this when Tom comes back? Because there's a movie I want to make Tom see. Uh, you're welcome to make Tom watch whatever you want to watch, but I do not think we will keep this. We'll go back to doing our three by three. Uh, I think Tom will have very little um, patience for doing this silly mini movie club. This was just for people who wanted to have something to listen to who couldn't listen to the whole other. This is for people who want Tom back. What'd you say? And um, this is it. This is all they get. <laughs> this is what they get. All right, so next week we're going to do the mini movie club of Caveman um, for our mini movie club or mini penny movie club. Have Blitz. you ever seen it? I have never seen Caveman. Ah, oh, this all is right. going to be awesome. All right, it will be something. I'm not sure it will be awesome, but it will certainly be historic. It will course. be historic or prehistoric, either one. That's the kind of comedy that you'll find. So I'm glad you're bracing. That that is exactly my a level of comedy. Ride. You know me well enough to know that it's like Flintstones. <laughs> so, in addition to doing the mini penny movie club of Palooza of Caveman, Kelly's choice. Yeah. Um, next week, please join us. Speaking of um, history, <laughs> for our uh, our main Speaking movie will be Exodus. Caveman. <laughs> Exodus colon Gods and Kings. The uh, Ridley Scott Apalooza. So. They're both about. It's like a, it's like a religion versus science podcast. It's like Moses versus the science of Ringo Star. That's one way to put it. That's the evolution. <sighs> one. So anyway, I have been uh, Christian Morosky. I have been joined by the inimitable and singular Kelly Wand. He's not a king. He's a pharaoh. And thank you for listening to the Quarter 3 Movie Podcast. What kind of movie titles that? <laughs> I mean, Can't thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Dingus, what's the song about? 
Kelly? Yeah? Do you ever feel weird? Do you yeah, ever feel weird about me? Sometimes when I drink too much weird. coffee. <laughs> you ever feel weird about me, you're a weird podcaster? No, I could never feel weird about you. Buddy? Sport? <laughs>